Welcome back, guys, to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, And I'm super stoked to have this person on because I know, like, I know 1 million 10% that this girl has listened to the podcast, like, from, like, the get-go. Like, she's an OG. If I ever had to say an OG of the podcast, it would be bloody Alice Tobin. So welcome, babe, to the podcast. Hi. How are you? Are you nervous? Be honest. Are you nervous? Um, no, I'm excited. But I know when I listen to it back, I'm definitely going to cringe at the sound of my own voice. Yeah, you think like four years later, I'll be like used to it. Even when Joe listens to the podcast, I'm like, turn it off. He's like, Jasmine, it's yours. I'm like, turn it off. I can't. No, I'm like, no, I can't do it. I have to like leave the room, like probably that traumatic thing. So you, you, I'd say you get used to it, but you probably just don't. Yeah. <laughs> but you are actually a compact athlete also. And I so remember... I, it's weird. I like remember so much of your journey because of how much like you have like tagged podcast compact for so long. Like I've just known I've known you from the beginning, if that makes sense. And I still remember NFM UK. Was NFM UK your first ever show? No, it was PCA. Yeah, so NFM was my second ever show and I went by myself. So no one came with me. No one came and watched. I was completely on my own. <laughs> I remember that because I think I had like a little stool set up and we were just chatting away. And, I, and then you I remember you saying like, you're literally here by yourself. And obviously like you're coached by Kerry. So it's like, I'll do your check-in photos. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, you've had a, you've had a good, you've had a good run so far. Like you've always consistently done well. Like you've always been, at least from my understanding, it always top three, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always, I think there's been like one, so I, so the second NFM show I did, I think I did like two, no, I did one, um, no, two amateur classes and then I turned pro and then I did two pro. And I think one of the pro classes I didn't place, but through the show I did. But yeah, I've normally done quite well at, um, at the shows I've done. And then this year, how long has it been? It's been quite a big off season for you as well, hasn't it? Yeah, so I my last show was November 2020 and I'm currently, yeah, on prep to compete soon. <laughs> oh my God, it was lockdown days. Yeah, like we went into lockdown that night. I competed. Oh, mate, I remember that because my birthday was on the 5th and because of all the lockdown stuff, the show was on the 4th. And like, I remember leaving that show and my friend, like, luckily I booked, like, a restaurant somewhere. And for some reason, we didn't do it on my actual birthday, but it's like a good bloody thing we didn't. I remember just, like, bombing it down the M1 going, girls, got to get into this bloody meal. It's my last meal and all this sort of shit. But, yeah, I remember that because I remember you did your own tan. I think I remember, like, patting uh, your bum at one point. <laughs> the yeah. things I remember. The things I remember. Good times. But was it was the plan always to do a two-year off-season? Um... Yeah, so I remember having this conversation with Kerry. I was literally on the Stairmaster and I, I had planned, I think I'd planned to compete abroad and then because of COVID, like it didn't happen. And I was like, do you know what? Let's just do a two bros because I wasn't going to do it because I just didn't feel ready. And then we were talking about it and she was like, okay, so we're going to do two bros. Then we're going to take a fat off season. And I was like, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm ready. So yeah, it, it was it was planned. Because I think I was looking at my physique and I was like, do you know what? I just need more mass. Like 100%, I need more mass. So two year off-season was always a plan? Yeah. Did yeah, you have moments where you're like, fuck this. I'm just going to prep. 
yeah, like it was hard because I remember getting an email saying, because you've competed two bros in however X amount of months, you are like basically qualified to be able to compete at the first Arnold's. And that email was hard. Like I remember seeing it in like, I, I could do it. Like if I started prep now, like I could be ready. So that was really, really difficult. So it was the first Arnold show as well. So that in itself was just like, such a thing I wanted to do but I had to stay strong and just remember the fact that I'm doing this for a reason like I'm taking a two-year off-season for a reason and if I had decided to then compete like my physique probably wouldn't have actually looked that much different Mm. Um, and it was just really trying to hold on to that goal of wanting to be so so much better like worlds apart the Mm. next time I did but yeah it was it was hard like I remember asking Kerry and she was like no I love that Carrie's like no Alice let, let's pipe down here let's pipe down literally yeah because <laughs> did you do like, any mini cuts like throughout that two year or was it just full-on two year yeah I did do a mini cut but if I'm being honest like I really struggled with it like I don't think I dropped much maybe like eight pounds eight to ten pounds you hear that um, a lot, don't you? yeah and I think like when you're on prep you're so focused on that end goal like you have a date booked or you have a photo shoot or you have something but when you're on a mini cut you don't actually have any goal at the end of that mini cut other than to know that you're just going to put it straight back on again so I just I really struggled to actually stick with it and I think I was still very much food focused Mm. Um, perhaps maybe it was a little bit too early for me to do for just me like mentally to do a mini cut but we did a bit and then decided to go straight back into off season I know when I like I didn't really plan how long my last off season was going to be like I was just I didn't even know if I was ever going to prep again to be really honest but I was just like roll of the trenches whatever but I remember feeling having sometimes those feelings of going to shows or seeing people at a heavier weight, have it getting this massive like anxiety thing and going, oh fuck, oh god, oh god, what are they gonna think? Like, what are they gonna say? But well, the point won't say anything, but what are they gonna think? Like, I went through a lot of that during my off-season phase. And I find like I split myself into like two people. There's like normal Jasmine that's like absolutely sound, happy, like, you know, I haven't got much complaints, but there's like this bodybuilder side, this like anxious bodybuilder side of me that I'm still trying to like work out where I just go into this like meltdown of like, oh fuck, I don't know what to wear. I feel like shit. I'm not lean. Like I'm just, bleh. basically my brain goes bleh at me. Like, did you have any of that at all oh, yeah. in your off season for two years? 100%, 100%. And I also struggled a lot this year for the first time with stretch marks. So that's something I've never, I've never had. I've never had a stretch mark until this off season. Um, and that was a really, really big thing for me because but now I'm like totally fine with it. It doesn't bother me. But I think when that first happens, it's it's actually really it was really difficult for me to process. And I was really, really self-conscious about it. Like I didn't want to wear shorts because I was like, oh, well, are my legs growing because it's muscle or am I just getting fat? <laughs> like, it's, it is. It's so difficult. And thing with like clothes. I made such a promise to myself that I wasn't even going to try and attempt to get into my prep clothes. It was like literally just chuck them to the back of the wardrobe, forget they even exist. Mm. 
because in the past, I know I've, try, I've tried to stay in the same clothes. And then when you literally can't get your jeans like past your knees, it does like make you feel a bit, bit rubbishy. So it definitely was a battle at some points through my, through my off season. Um, and like when you sit down and you've got like loads of rolls, which is so normal, but when you're on prep, like you're actually lean for quite a long time. You don't have, and I think no matter how many preps and off seasons you do, it still is always a difficult mindset to like switch. Yeah, because it becomes the norm. That's the problem. Like it becomes the new norm. And then when you're coming out, you're you're then having to adjust to a new norm. Like I still don't think I've really nailed like off season wardrobe. I'm really got to figure that shit out because I feel like if I put the right outfit on, my tans on, I'm like, yeah, I'm sound. I'm good. Whereas if I'm not good, it's like really, really bad. Whereas when, obviously when you're in prep, because generally you are leaner, like you can wear a fucking bin bag and it still will probably look like a solid five out of 10. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're in off season and you're like wearing your joggers and like your, your slouchy clothes, you, you literally look like Bridget Jones. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're on prep, like you just, you can just rock anything. You just look, look good all the time. When you're prep Cause you're lean. It's just, you've got to make smart choices. <laughs> Cycling shorts and an oversized tee. That is the answer. That, do you know what? That is fair. That is fair. I found, though, I went, did, went through this phase in off-season by going too oversized. I think I was a bit in a bit of a panic. And I feel like you just need to go one size up. You don't need to do two or three or steal your husband's, like, shirts or carbs in the past. I've looked at photos and gone, I've done, like, stupidly oversized to overcompensate when actually I just need to do one size up and it perfectly looks fine like and I actually look better for it I've definitely learned that this time yeah yeah for sure do you think you'd take another two-year off season that's such a hard question like I want to say yes I well no I wouldn't do it soon okay like a few back-to-back years again before I took a two-year off-season because it definitely was like mentally challenging and just like the fear you get like fear of missing out and like what if people forget you you that sounds so stupid no no no. that was the next thing I was actually going to say to you about like staying I've had a few conversations with people where they've said the main reason why they don't want to do an off-season because they feel they're not gonna they're not gonna be relevant anymore yeah it's a hundred percent like it's such a thing because it's it, it's such a stupid thing when you think about it logically but when you're in the moment it is such a big thing I'm like well what if what if people just forget that who I am or what I, what I do or you know and it's all you also feel like people are progressing quicker than you because you're not getting to a point where you're stage lean and you can see all the muscle that you've built you kind of don't really feel like you're going anywhere. Kind of just look the same through like two years. Like you get a little bit bigger, but you kind of almost just look really the same. And it's only when you proper strip back, you're like, oh, actually my doubts have grown or my glutes have grown or my hands have grown. And when you don't have that for two years, it's like, have I actually progressed? Have I gone anywhere? And you, you get in your bit in your own head. Yeah, because I think when you are lean, like you've kind of got, you have got a lot more like visual evidence, like it's there. 
like yeah. visually it's there whereas when you're in the off season you kind of have to go into this like weird like you've just got to have faith and you've got to keep the faith and that's really really hard to keep the faith sometimes <laughs> when you're just like ah, I can't see shit this is fucking awful but I do think the relevant thing is very very true and I do generally feel like for me having so much time off I definitely realized who was like an actual friend and who was probably just like a prep friend. And that's like sound, that's fine. Like, but I I do generally think it needs to be spoken about because I know a lot of people actually get really, really upset by this whole situation that they end up in where they have a lot more engagement on social media. They have a lot more friends, like what well, they think they have a lot more friends, like because of prep and like show day besties and all that sort of stuff. Then when you get into off season, like, so about you, Alice, I found a lot of people fucked up. Like a lot of people just disappeared. And I was like, what is this me? Like, what have I done? Like, it was a really difficult thing to get my head around for a while of like, who's actually my friend friend, but who's actually like, just like a prep friend. And that sounds awful to put them in boxes and you don't want to. But I personally found that I had no other choice because it only speaks to me when I was lean and I was like doing shows and stuff. Whereas when I was yeah. in off season, they didn't give a damn. Yeah, 100%. Someone actually did a post about that the other day. I can't remember who it was. I know it like did the rounds and like quite a few people shared it. Zoe Lemus? Yeah, I think so. I competed with her back in 2018. Did you? Yeah. Mad. Like, 100% I agree that people, maybe not, I don't know maybe whether I would even class them as like friends, maybe more like acquaintances, but like you definitely get a lot more noise from people when you're lean like you post like your check-in and like more and more people like each week are like messaging you like you look great you look great you look great or this you're that you're that when you're in off season it's very rare if, if you post a check-in that you're gonna get someone be like oh my god you look great and I think part of the reason is because when you're lean it looks impressive but when obviously you're in off season you just look like more of like a normal person I don't know yeah, I do think there should be a shift, though, like, of, I don't know how you start, maybe it's this, fuck knows, if you're listening, actually take note, but this is something that I try and do quite a lot, if I know someone's, like, deep in an off-season, I will make, like, a really conscious effort to, like, message on Instagram, like, privately, or actually comment on their stuff, because I know that's going to mean much more to that person when, when they're on prep, but like, I can tell you, hands down, it means much more to me when you know you maybe have one of those like down days you're really struggling in the off season and someone actually reaches out to you and says you're looking great mate just keep going in comparison to on prep because I think on prep you can't in the weirdest way like you do I don't think it hits as hard because you do in a way you do expect it I do think you do expect it a bit more whereas in off season you don't expect it so when someone actually does make the effort you're like oh fuck me like that actually means a lot yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Like, when you're on prep, it's almost like people are just saying it for the sake of saying it. I don't know. And then when you're on, when you're in off-season, yeah, like, someone actually genuinely thinks that about you, like, genuinely thinks you're looking good. Whereas on prep, like, it's so easy for everyone to be like, oh, she looks really good, or you look really lean, or this or that. And it just becomes, like, quite normal for people to almost, like, compliment your physique when you're stage lean. Or, like, I'm not going to lie. I need, like... What I've found, especially over the past um, few like preps and off seasons I've done, I don't need hype people in prep. I generally don't need it. I found that I don't need it because I, I, especially doing that secret prep, I was like, I actually don't. I don't. It's not. It doesn't. It didn't. It didn't improve anything. 
Well, it didn't like, sorry, it didn't make my prep any less because I didn't show people and didn't get that hype. What really makes a difference for me is the hype people in off season. Like I'd, I could get no confidence in prep and be perfectly happy. But off yeah. season, I've no, I realized I need like a hype tribe, a hype gang, because that's what keeps me going. Whereas in prep, like, I think you're so fucking focused. Like, you don't actually need anyone to, like, help you up most of the time because you just know you're going. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've definitely found that. I've 100% found that. I'm like, I just need, like, a hype people in off-season prep. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. So what what shows... No, you haven't told people, have you? No. So I'm, I'm kind of... Um, no, it's not a secret prep because everyone knows I'm on prep. But I haven't sort of announced my shows ah you did a post about this I remember this now yeah so but I'm not doing a full-on Jasmine but I'm kind of <laughs> I don't think it's hard for people to work out what shows or the time that I am going to be competing like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work it out it however like right Christmas no <laughs> next year like Easter Easter next Easter <laughs> the slowest prep in each history <laughs> wow I did, never would want to be on prep for that long <laughs> but like yeah like even that like I said even though it's quite obvious for people to work it out just the fact that I haven't announced it has completely like changed the way I've viewed this prep in terms of like other people so like I definitely the like the previous two preps honestly I was so bad at comparing myself to others like it was constant it actually got to the point where it was like unhealthy like I knew every single person that was going to be in every single one of my classes at each did show I, I knew everything wait did you have access to my compact database is that how you found <laughs> out you just infiltrated got the orders <laughs> like bam and the biggest eye opener for me was I watched this one particular girl and I literally was screenshotting her Instagram and like sending it to Kerry and being like oh my god she's in my class like and I actually placed higher than she did and I was so unmotivated going into this show. I was, li- I literally did my makeup last minute. I was in bed till really late. Like I just, I just wasn't there, but ended up doing really well. And I think that was the biggest eye opener for me is that like, I spent all that time and that energy focusing on other people when it actually didn't make any difference at all. Like just because someone looks super, super amazing online or like on Instagram, that's that's just what that's just one part like mm-hmm. you've got whole presentation you've got posing you've got their overall look you know you don't know they might their peak might not go well do you know what I mean there's so many other variables to consider and it was just like a complete waste of time focusing on yeah. other people and I think where I haven't released my show dates or haven't told people the show shows that I'm doing it's kind of helped reduce that for me like because I haven't put that out myself no one really knows exactly what shows I'm doing therefore I haven't really cared about what other people what other shows people are doing yeah it kind of like works works both ways um yeah so it's, it's helped a lot like not releasing my show dates and it's nice just having like people obviously at my like home gym like my main gym and like my family and like close people know my shows Instagram world doesn't (laughs) yeah 
I, I just think, uh, I, I feel like I repeat myself sometimes, but there's some beauty with keeping some stuff to your fucking self. Like, not everyone needs to know your shit. They don't need to know your blood type. They don't need to know your credit card details. They don't need to know every single part of your prep either. Like, people feel like they have to share everything. And I'm like, girl, like, guy, like, you can just, like, this is your prep. This is your lifestyle. This is your life. Like, you can pick and choose, like, whatever the fuck you want to do. And this is what was funny because... As soon as I did that first show, suddenly everyone was just like bombarding me on DMs. I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just because I've done one, like, doesn't mean that I'm going to start, like, you know, the floodgates are not bloody open. <laughs> and I, I think some people, really, like, they think, I remember when I was saying to people, oh, I don't know, like, I think people get a bit frustrated. And I was just like, look, I'm not doing this to be harsh. I'm doing this to look after myself because I know myself and I know what works for me and I know what's going to make me enjoy my prep I know what's going to make me feel the best like it is a such a personal thing I think some people like forget that with Instagram it's and like just generally you don't just because it's a massively sharing platform it doesn't mean that you have to share every single thing and like feel pressured to share it I do yeah yeah I agree and as much as I really enjoy I do I do still share like a huge part of my prep on Instagram but just holding that like one little bit back has actually yeah has been has been a really really smart move for me this year and I've said to other people like I've almost like I've got first time and nerves again mm. because it has been so long since I've competed and obviously like I'm 100% certain on the shows I am going to do now and I'm, I'm going to be ready but well, if you compete in April then yeah you're definitely going to be ready <laughs> back in like when obviously when I first started prep I was like okay well I haven't prepped for like two years I don't know how this is going to go. So obviously I didn't, I also didn't want to put out any shows and be like, I'm going to do this. And then end up maybe like not doing that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a definitely um, a good decision just to hold like a little bit back. And it's something i definitely do sort of just moving forwards. And I just rock up and be like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, just last minute. <laughs> love it. Love it. So you're working full time during your prep, right? Yeah. So I do a 40 hour week. And then I also have about 10 posing clients a week as well. 50 yeah. hour a week, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, it's what it is. But we move. <laughs> we move. So lovely. So lovely. So you don't mind me asking, what do you actually do full time? So working at sales. I actually just work at DFS. Other sofa companies are available. <laughs> like but mate how hard is it to find a fucking sofa bed can i just say i can't find another good sofa bed and it's really annoying me i just need to put it out there into the world hit me up hit me up on your gal no for real if you you know how disgusting my sofa bed is it's tattered it's absolutely buggered but i'm determined to find another sofa bed of that quality i got it for like 280 pounds and it's been brilliant but Anyway, I know best. So you're on your feet quite a lot, I guess, or you're not on your feet quite a lot. Yeah. So, like the thing, I when I'm on prep, I do try and sit down as much as possible because obviously I don't want to like overdo my steps because I've been given that amount of steps for a reason. So it is really important that I try and take rest as much as as much as possible because I do nine hour shifts as well. So they are quite long shifts. Plus, then obviously you do your cardio in the morning and then train in the evening. So they are, they do end up being really, really long days. But sometimes you just can't avoid it. Like 
if someone needs your help, like you can't just be like, sorry, I need to um I need to stay here. You could you can't do that. <laughs> just telling this like 40 year old with like his 10 year old son being like, sorry, mate, like just gotta start sit here. You'd be like, oh, okay. So I can imagine the things that are difficult is energy. I can imagine one which sounds really weird. It's like if you've got a show on Saturday and then you've got bloody your tan or registration on like a Friday, that must be really difficult from a full-time perspective because I guess some bosses are nice and you can be flexible. Whereas I can imagine other ones are like, we don't care. Like you've just got to stay in. Like how is your setup in that sense? Does it cause issues or are you kind of like, are you good? It's kind of a right to be honest because I normally pick my show dates very far in advance and I will just book holiday the only drawback is that I end up booking like my entire holiday allowance over like three months and then the rest of the year I'm just gonna have to accept that I'm not getting another day off but yeah so I kind of like this is a holiday I need I'm gonna take it one way or another so it's just in your it's just in your best interest to accept my holiday request (laughs) love it love it so from like an energy point of view then on like sorting stuff out like are you I never I know you were kind of like your macro tracking mostly in off season if I was correct like what do you do when you are on prep and you're working full-time like are you still macro tracking or are you like a meal prepper this is a funny one actually like I started prep on a meal plan and I then had surgery to uh basically like remove my wisdom tooth mm. um that's a whole other story and I where I can really eat anything Kerry was like well just macro track whilst you're recovering and I was like cool this is wicked and I realized how much it actually made a difference to the way I felt just macro tracking so I've kind of stuck with it to be honest um I've never prepped doing macro tracking until this time and it has changed the game and it's a weird one because I eat the same thing every day it's not like I change my food it's not like I'm flexible and I, I change loads of things I've kind of just found what I want and I, I've stuck with it mm. but in terms of food focus and cravings it's almost like you know it's there like you could have it if you wanted it but you don't and it just it's just made it so much easier um, and then when I'm at work like I can just pick like food that's a lot easier to kind of like eat or stuff that's not really like messy stuff I can just kind of pick at because obviously you only get like one lunch break. They are quite good with knowing that with what I do, like they accept that I'm probably going to be taking like little breaks here and there just to like get meals in. But yeah, it's just been a lot easier because I've been able to just like select foods that are quick and easy to to get in basically. What are the go-to meals then? Go-to meals is pineapple. Yeah. I can just leave that in the office, snack on that, like weighed out, perfect little chunks of sweet potato because again they're just like kind of like crisps but chunky they kind <laughs> of do that like it's just easy um I'm not about having like full-on like cream of rice or I hate cream of rice but you know like equivalent of that just, just um, go just leave this podcast babe just yeah you're off the tea <laughs> the whole no no we can't we can't continue this all right carry on you love cream of rice that's great so what what else do you like um but things yeah just like picky things so like sweet potato pineapple I have yogurt but I'll have like have it twice in smaller amounts so like you know the little like I'm gonna proper butcher this but it's like fire yeah but it's oh. not like fudge 
<laughs> I, can't, I can't actually remember what it's called, but I know, yeah. Fart, fart, gay. fart no. Mate, I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to go, go, go on Google and figure this out. Um, yeah, because they do like little 150 gram pots. So they're like super easy just to like take two minutes and just have one of them. I have that twice. Okay, you ready? Um, you ready? Google's going to tell me. Fire. 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 Good old Wait, um, how weird is this, Maya? I've just like I say it. Fire. And like it has a mouth, like saying how you how the mouth would say it. How weird is that? Oh, you can do it slow. Should I do it slow? Fire. Oh, that sounds weird. That's quite creepy. That is very creepy. <laughs> Love it. Sorry, I had to figure out. Um, but yeah, that yogurt is great yogurt. Fire. <laughs> sorry i'm back i'm back i didn't even know you could do that stuff on google that is cool that is cool <laughs> so i can imagine like this preface would be very different to your last one then so different so unbelievably different like worlds apart like can't even can't even compare them <laughs> in what way though like what has been Apart from like the macro checking and stuff, um, just things like, um, a lot of like, because obviously this is my third, like, competitive season now as well. So I know, I know a lot. Like when you're a first timer, you kind of just, you don't really listen to your own body or anything like that. You're kind of just doing what your coach tells you because you don't know any different. Like you're you're just doing what you're told. Mm. I've been with Kerry probably like four years now, maybe, yes, yeah, so like correct, long time. So now like we have a really good level of communication. So if I'd be like, oh, actually I'm feeling like this, I think I need to do this or I need to do that. Or like we can communicate a lot. It's kind of like collective, um, which I think is really good. And I know when I need to pull back. I know when I need to push. Um, so that's been a big difference just knowledge in general like the more you do it the more knowledge you get and then yeah obviously the macro tracking but expenditure has been really different this time around um like last prep by now I reckon I was easier like 75 85 minutes cardio um yeah whereas this time I was at like 67 ish minutes but now it's been pulled back to 45 so like that's big a really big difference and actually instead of like every time my weight maybe goes up a little bit instead of being like okay we need to push harder a lot of the time it's actually okay maybe we actually need to rest um so it's just helped keep my energy a lot lot higher yeah I do think there's been there's starting to become a bit more of a shift of people realizing like it's not okay to just like when things don't move or when things go up slightly like okay we just hammer stuff more like I do see that changing more and more now like that's something that like Joe's always done and everyone's gonna like you just you rest your like clients too much and Joe's like yeah but they come and peeled like so there is like yeah he wouldn't do it just for like banter like there's actually like a reason and like for me last year to do the setup I did with Joe I was like Jesus like you yes like prep was hard but like it was much more manageable being able to like basically manage fatigue and stress like in a proper way instead of just 
every single time just hammering stuff like until you basically can't break and like you've got no other option but to do it do you know what I mean yeah yeah for sure like it's just yeah obviously prep's still hard it's always going to be hard but it's yeah like you said it's a lot more manageable like I'm not completely running myself into the ground and um, kind of like like trudge along at one sort of steady likeness <laughs> so if you could say right now like the one thing that's probably like playing on your mind a bit or like a mental side of prep that you're struggling with like what would you say it is right now it's probably it's probably the way I react to situations more so like at work because obviously like your energy really does drop down and you your patience gets like less so and I've got someone just asking me really stupid questions or they're rude or it's really hard to hold back and just and just take it mm. that's that's probably the hardest thing like you've got someone asking you like the most ridiculous question that is so obvious like what it, like it'll be like what is the price of this Mate, there's a massive red ticket on there that says the price. Well, it needs to be green, obviously. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just some of the questions are just so like you're you're just not using your brain. Yeah, and I have to use mine. <laughs> uh, honestly, it still gets me now when someone messages the oh, you know, the main question that I like I, I grinds my gears on the compact it's like what's your return policy I'm like hon please and when I was on prep there was a pet there was like a day where I had to manage dms and I said some girls I was like right I was like I'm not answering another question if someone asked what the returns policy is I was like that's it I was like that's it I'm not doing it <laughs> I full on just lost it I was like no I can't do this anymore it's so hard but like honestly some of these questions would be like someone asking you if compact sells posing shoes well they don't obviously like, so literally that is like that is literally like the level of some of the questions yeah we've like, had it a few times they're like oh do you sell sh- or do you sell shoes do you sell jewelry do you sell bikini bite and I'm like I'm just like I can't I can't do this right now like I just can't yeah. <laughs> I think I just know what probably has happened they probably come from like Instagram they've not gone on the website yet I think, have noticed that with a few internationals. I think they probably, I think a lot of them do the orders via DMs and that, then it made me reframe things. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like when people just, they just say stupid stuff. I don't know about you. When I'm like a week out and you mention all your mates being like, right, these are the details. Here's your ticket link. This, this is the postcode. This is the parking. And then like a day later, they're like, oh, Jazz, what's the, what's the parking? I'm like, hun, go check it go check it in my head I'm like Jasmine calm down calm down I'm just like but my head's like no I've literally given her like all these details I know what you mean like your patience just it just gets so so short you have to really stop and like get re and that's draining in itself like having to stop yourself before you like know you're gonna just like go at someone yeah yeah and like obviously like you try and deal with it you try and manage it like if you're just with like your friends or your family like to some extent they kind of get it yeah and they're kind of it but when it's like a complete stranger like member of the public and you're at work that you've got to be in that work frame of mind but it is just so hard sometimes 
And the worst thing is, is they ask you the price, then you're going to have to get up from your chair, which you don't want to do either. So it's like a double whammy. Yeah. It's like, mate, you're making more steps than I need and you're not using your own brain. <laughs> so I can't help you. I literally can't help you. <laughs> oh, man. So I want to end it. You like you obviously know how this ends. And if you haven't got a question prepared, then I'm going to be shook. OK, I'm just saying, oh, her hands across her face. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Right, hun. Well, make sure not just bikini girl. Come on. You've been, how long have you known this question's coming? I th- I've literally been thinking about it since, like, you asked me to do the podcast, like, every day. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's been giving me anxiety. That's the answer to your question. That is what's been the mental challenge. <laughs> I love it. Probably. No pressure. This is a big one. Oh, no. So fuck it up. Come on. Probably is that I just I work in sales full time other than <laughs> other than living my life as like a full time bodybuilder. Love it. To be fair, you're like, is it your fiance? Is it your boyfriend? My boyfriend, fiance, not yet. <laughs> <clears throat> if you listen to this, come on, mate, come on. But I, I always think like your boyfriend is like a really cool, like he's like completely outside the industry, which I always find very interesting. Yeah. But he, he gets it, though, because obviously he does BJJ. So he gets, like, dieting. He gets the discipline. He gets he gets it all for a different reason. But they're kind of, like, run almost, like, alongside each other, but for different, obviously, outcomes. Yeah. And you're a very rare breed because Lyra is your favourite dog out of my dogs. But she is. She, me and her, Bezzy mates. Like most people would just say hello to her eyes, but like you and Katie to Silver, you're both like, nah, Lyra. She is my heart. She's oh. my main. <laughs> I've literally got Hunter like staring at me right now, being like, excuse me, you're not giving me any attention for the past hour. Like, what is this? <laughs> Sorry. For real. But I honestly so, so happy we got this podcast done. Like, so, so happy. Like, I just know that you've been a massive supporter from like get-go and it's been so cool to like watch you over the years and obviously you're a compact athlete as well so you'll will be head to toe and comac stuff which i'm I've super hyped for she just had a delivery like this morning mm, what are you feeling are you liking them so these are the cocktail ones because i got them i ordered the majesty you know i said to you when i had lip that i felt like i was like almost leaning like too far forward mm. so i was like oh, really 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 want some diamante ones because obviously my lip were diamante so I got the majesty and then I still felt like I was having that same like tilting forwards so I just like and I love the cocktail I've got just normal cocktail 508s mm. so I was like you know what? I'm gonna go for the diamante cocktail so can you walk in strapless yeah screw you mum I still can't walk in them. Like I can walk in like a Majesty Five One or Glory Five One because the plastic rise up higher. But yeah, Cocktail Five One, and this is what's embarrassing. Like Andy can walk in Cocktail Five Ones, but I can't. Like, what is this? (laughs) His his like videos when he's wearing like like trying to be a bikini girl literally make me die. He's like way he's like born for this stuff. Like he was came out came out the womb with like a Cocktail Five One like in his hand. I'm convinced. I'm full on convinced. <laughs> oh, so cocktail five one is the one. We need to go through draw actually. We'll go through that 
after this episode. But thank you so much for listening. If you are still with us, I'm obviously going to leave all of Alice's details. So she's obviously not going to tell you when she's competing. But if you want to kind of get like an idea and like follow on, then make sure you go and head over to her Instagram. And me and Hunter will see you in the next episode.